Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Stand up. Welcome all of you watching online. It's going to be an awesome day, so don't go to another YouTube channel, all right? Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I will never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. May be seated. Before I start preaching, there are several things I want to make you aware of. Number one, September the 11th is a big, big day. We'll kick off our junior high and high school class. Uh, after COVID, we, we're trying to put everything back together, and uh, we're really excited about that. Also, September 11th will be Membership Sunday, which simply means this. I'm going to pray over everyone who says, you know, we've been coming, but we want to be connected. And uh, we want to officially connect you, not that it changes much, but it does maybe change the way you feel uh, about being at Mosaic Church. You're no longer just attending, you're saying, this is my church. Also, we'll be doing baptisms on that day. Uh, So if you want to be baptized or you know someone who does, please call our church office or sign up at the information kiosk so we'll have an idea of the numbers on that that particular day. And that will be at 11 o'clock. So a lot of great things happening, and I want you to put those down and be ready, okay? I'm going to continue this series on, a le- on levels. There are different levels of faith and different levels of commitment to the church and our walk with God. And uh, I was uh, thinking about this story that I heard that there were three pastors. This is really one of those stories. That uh, they were out fishing, and, and being a pastor is a unique job, if you will. You're, you're expected to be everywhere, know everything, and, and have all the answers, which we don't. So when pastors get together, they oftentimes have conversations that are very unique. As a matter of fact, uh, this week, I will be spending time with three buddies that we went to college together, and we've been getting together now for 23 years. We get together for two to three days. Uh, all three of them are from Texas. I try to convert them. Uh, it's been a challenge, but, uh, we get together and we talk. Well, there were three pastors out in a boat and they're sitting there and they're going, you know, why don't we just, you know, we can't tell our, our problems to anyone else. We can't share our issues with anyone. So why don't we share them while we're together fishing? The first pastor starts out. He said, well, I got to tell you guys, he said, you know, uh, I've really always had trouble paying my taxes. In fact, every year, I've been cheating on my taxes for as long as I can remember, and, and you know, it's just kind of tough. I, I don't know what to do. And the second pastor felt a little more liberty, and he said, well, he said, I got to be honest with you, pastoring in Las Vegas has been very difficult. He said, I, I have a gambling addiction, and I, I don't know who to tell, so I'm just going to tell you guys. Well, the third pastor's quiet, doesn't say anything, and finally they look at him and say, well, you know, you're quiet. We've shared our, our problems. What's yours? He said, well... He said, I really have a problem with gossip, and I cannot wait to get back. (laughs) 
There you have it. And so everybody has these different levels of issues and levels of problems. And oftentimes, the issues that we have, the problems that we have, the secrets that we keep, often keep us from going to the next level with God. In other words, we're focusing on a deficiency, a flaw, a sin that every one of us in here has. And, and you've used that one sin or that one flaw or that one problem to keep you from fulfilling God's destiny in your life. And matter of fact, the only reason you don't even get involved in the church or serve in the church is not because you're a bad person, and it's not even because you don't want to. It's because one thing has kept your focus off of the multitude of things that you do that are good and right. And that's so important that you get this because... The reality is maybe you grew up in a religious home and, and you didn't uh, really look like everybody else, act like everybody else, and you've got some issues, and, and the church that you attended told you that if you have these certain sins, how many of you know there are churches that designate sins in one category that are really, really bad? How many of you know they're, <laughs> sin is sin? They're all really, really bad. And because they're really, really bad, you can't really do much. So just be quiet. Don't do anything because people might find out. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter who finds out what. What matters is between you and God. And God doesn't want you to allow one issue in your life to keep you from the multitude of things that you could do well. And at Mosaic, we believe that everybody has a place to serve. Everybody has a place where they can, they can help other people and live their destiny. And once you begin to help other people, your life will never be the same. In Ezekiel chapter 47 is the text I've been using over the past few weeks. And it's, it's a vision that Ezekiel's having of, of water pouring out from the temple. And, and it begins ankle deep, and then it goes knee deep, and then it goes waist deep, and then it goes deep to where you can't even touch. And that first level, I talked about it being the pleasure level where you're around Christians, you're around church maybe, and you, you're, you're exploring the possibilities, and, and there's pleasure in being around kind people. Not perfect people, kind people. And typically churches are kind, most churches are, but many churches, uh, that's as good as it's ever going to get because you don't fit their mold. You don't dress right, you don't talk right, you don't act right. As a result, you feel that, but you have that ankle deep where you just want to be close enough to God to where you're like, I think I have a 50-50 chance of going to heaven. I'm at least dabbling in God. And that's where a lot of people live their life is, man, I, and you've been around people who say, man, I, I sure hope I go to heaven. And I hate it when people say that because you don't have to hope you're going to heaven if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life. You're going to heaven. You might be jacked up from the neck up. I don't know. But I know this, that if you have put your faith in him, you're going to heaven. Going to heaven, folks, is not really the goal. Having a relationship with Jesus is the goal. Going to heaven is a result of the work he did and our acceptance of that work. And so it's not that there's nobody in this church that's serving the people that shook your hands at the door this morning. They sin. Yeah, the, really? We, yeah, yeah, you do. 
I'm standing up here today, I'm preaching to you, not because I'm perfect and have no flaws, but because I have decided that God, through Jesus Christ, made me qualified to tell his story, not my story, and his story changes everything. So you don't have to be perfect. And there will be people that will judge you, and anybody that judges you, let me just put the label on them right now. They are religious religious people, Pharisees, Sadducees, they were religious people that went around judging everyone else and determining their worth and their value. Your worth and your value is not determined by somebody's opinion of you. It is determined by the cross of Jesus Christ who placed a high value on you and me and gave his life for us. That's how valuable we are. And so we get caught up in the opinions of men, and when we do, we lose out on the destiny of God. And so people that are ankle deep are still wrestling with more about what other people think about them than what God did for them. Listen, there'll be people who say, I can't believe, you can honk your horn, you get mad at somebody, I can't believe you're a Christian, I am, but right now I've decided to use my anointing on you. It doesn't mean you're not going to honk your horn. It doesn't mean you're not going to get mad at your neighbor. What it means is that when you fall down, you get up. When you make a mistake, you repent. It means you're fighting the good fight of faith. I mean, the apostle Peter cuts off a guy's ear right in front of Jesus. Denies Christ. James and John are worried about where they're going to sit when heaven happens and all kinds of distractions, but it didn't keep them from following him. Many people get born again. They step into that pleasure level. They're ankle deep. They just kind of step in and dabble, and it only takes one religious person to pull them back out of the water, to get them back on the beach and beach for life because they have listened to somebody else tell them, you must not be a Christian. Listen, I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian, but on any given day, there is great possibility for my flesh to step up. And I know that. And there are times it happens and I hate that. But I'm never going to quit preaching the gospel because of me, because the gospel is not about me. It's about him. I'm telling his story. I'm telling you that all of us have a, a destiny in our lives. And it's, it's not because somebody else put their hand on us and said, God bless you and you're anointed and go preach the gospel. It's because Jesus, God, put his spirit in us. That ankle deep pleasure level. Then it goes to that pressure level where it goes up to your knees and you begin to feel the current just a little bit stronger. You start feeling that, that pressure because it's flowing. It's like the little boy. This is when you put yourself in a position to have conversations that are deeper than hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now there are conversations about what do I have that God wants? What did God give me to do? The little boy with the loaves and fishes, the five uh, loaves, two little fishes, and, and, and he's walking by, and, and they're hungry people on the hillside, and Jesus is teaching, and, and, and everybody's getting hungry, and, and, and Jesus says they need something to eat. Long story short, they find a little boy. Today, they'd be in prison for bullying this kid, and they go over and say, give us the bread and give us the fish, and the kid just he felt the pressure. I mean, he's a kid. I think it'd be interesting if it had been an adult, a grown man or a grown woman, but it's a little kid. Yeah. 
And, and the kid goes, well, you know, can you imagine looking at these disciples just for a moment and these burly-looking guys saying, give me what you got? It wasn't like this kid's going, oh, hallelujah, I see a gathering. I got some food for these people. No, he's feeling the pressure. He's now knee-deep. He's never been here before. And, and they're asking him, if you will, give me what you got. And he goes, here you go. It wasn't necessarily he was excited about it, but he was willing to do it. See, this is that knee-deep. I'm willing, but you got to squeeze me a little bit. So you go from a seeker level to the squeeze level. I feel a little squeezed. I've been squeezing you for a couple of weeks. I'm getting ready to take you to another level. Because if you're going to sit there all the time and you're going to sit around your whole life and just dabble ankle deep and go, am I going to heaven? Anybody ever ask me, I'm going on my worst day I'm going to heaven. On the day that I shake my fist, honk my horn, and tell you you're a loser, I'm going to heaven. <laughs> you see, I, I, I've, I've, in my mind, I fight through this all the time. Now, I know I'm going to heaven. Anybody ask me, that's not a question anymore, and it shouldn't be a question for you. If it's a question for you whether you're going to heaven, you're still dabbling in ankle-deep water. But when somebody squeezes you and you go, I'm willing... I'm willing. Now, you're not happy about it. How many of you know some people that are willing are not happy? I'll do it, but I'll serve once a month, but I ain't happy about it. Well, get happy. If you're going to do something, be happy you're doing it. Why not be happy? Because I have to get up a little early. I'll squeeze your booty to get you to church. Well, not literally. But you need to be in the house of God. That's how come every week pastors stand up and challenge you. Get up and worship God. Get up and do something for God. And you get mad, but what we're doing is we're trying to get you out of ankle-deep water, ankle-deep living, ankle-deep Christianity, and take you to a level where you actually feel the presence of God. You're not hearing about it. Somebody's not talking about it. You start feeling the presence of God. There's nothing like feeling the presence of God. I get up every Sunday morning, this morning, I put up worship, Bethel worship, and I just started feeling the presence of God. I wasn't just hearing the words of God. I stepped into feeling the presence of God. You put yourself in a position. Position is everything. Location, position is everything as far as our relationship with God goes. When you come into the house of God, you're putting yourself, you're going in a little deeper. Yesterday, you were dabbling, talking to your neighbor. Today, you say, I'm going to go to church. You're stepping a little deeper, a little closer. And then you say, well, you know, I don't want to be a Jesus freak. Well, you know what? You're a freak. You might as well identify with Jesus. Because you somebody's freak, trust me. So you might as well be a Jesus freak if you're going to be anybody's freak. Well, I don't want to get too serious about God. Oh, you want to stay in the waiting pool, huh? You just want to get your little toes wet. You'll never be happy dabbling in God. You'll go to heaven, but you'll miss heaven on earth. There's nothing like bringing heaven to earth. And how do I do that? By saying, I'm going, I'm pursuing. My goal is to get in over my head with God. In other words, whatever God says. I, I talked to a, a buddy of mine recently. He's an evangelist. And we are talking about all the years that we've all put in in ministry. You know, we've, we've been preaching since 
1977, my first message at 10 years old. I wish. I've been doing this a long time, and we we figuring things out along the way, and we say family first, family first, and ministry. That's, that's what we used to tell people. Let me tell you something. I was wrong. God is first. God is number one. If my kids never speak to me again, I am going after God. You say, well, that, that shouldn't be first, your family. No, God is first. You put God first, God will make your family come first. If you put him first, it'll all work out. Well, my kids don't want to come to church. Oh, really? Tough. Tell them when they get home, you ain't, there ain't no food on the counter either. Somebody's going to have something to say about that. We care more about what our kids think than what God thinks. We ain't going to church because my kid doesn't want to go. When I was a kid... Yeah, nowadays you can't even rebuke your child. Shoot, I got paddled at home at school in aunt and uncle's house, grandma and grandpa. I'll tell you what, everybody went around going, we're going to make you somebody. Because if we don't, somebody going to break your somebody. Nowadays you can't whisper a wrong word to a kid. Let me tell you something. We live in a day where if anybody is challenging you, they're mean. Let me tell you, people who love you will challenge you to become the person God wants you to become. Any boss worth his weight in gold at work, believes in you, is going to raise the bar and hope you step up to it. Third level is what I'm going to talk about for a few minutes today is the pull. This is that level where you're now, you're, you're up to your waist. You are in a place really almost of no return. You are like, I'm half in, I'm half out, might as well go all in. This is what I call the servant level. This is that, that, that pull level, the servant level, where you say, you know what? I'm not going to wait for somebody to ask me to do something. I'm going to ask somebody what I can do. One of the greatest presidential lines of all time was Kennedy when he said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. One of the greatest presidential lines of all time. Because what he's saying is, you're depending on big government or government, but the government's depending on you. Let me tell you something. You are depending on the church to do everything, but the church is depending on you to do something. feel like I'm on the 18th hole. This is that level that says, I, I don't have to be asked. I'm going to ask. I'm, I'm going to take initiative. I'm going to do something. I think of the story of Zacchaeus, who, who he had heard all about Jesus. He had heard about the miracles. He had heard about things. And finally, little wee Zacchaeus so desperately wanted to see Jesus above the crowds that he couldn't see over everybody's head and shoulders, and he decides to climb a tree. He was drawn deeper, which made him climb higher. This is that pull. I can't just sit around anymore. I, I can't just wait on somebody to come and beg me to do something. 
I've got too much of God. I've experienced too much. I've dabbled long enough. I'm bored with Christianity. And let me just tell you, you will be bored with Christianity if everything is about you. If everything's about having fun. It's just pleasure. I just, just want to be around Christians. I just want to feel... This, this new thing, everybody say, good vibes. Don't ever tell me I, I'm, I got good vibes for you. Good vibes. Ain't one thing in the dadgum Bible about vibes. I'm wishing you good vibes. No, pray for me, dummy. I don't want any of your vibrations. You ain't the beach boys. I don't need none of your good vibrations. I need some of your faith. I need some of your prayers. I need some of your efforts. I need some of your work. I know it's going to be tough. You're going to have to give up some things to give some things, but give up some things. I don't have time to serve. I got to go golf. Give up some things. I don't have time to serve. I got to go out on a boat. Give up some things. Yeah, we all need breaks. I get that, and that's okay. I'm not criticizing any of those things. I love boats. But I can't be out on a boat every Sunday, though it would be really nice. I am committed to the house of God. I'm in over my head. I'm just getting you right there. Years ago, I decided I'm in over my head, and I'm going to stay in over my head. I don't want to go back to the beach. I don't want to dabble in shallow waters. I don't want to consider God. I want to be considered by God, and I want God to say, I own you. I bought you. I paid for you. Everything I have, I've given to you. We treat God like he's an option. He is the standard. He is not the option. And we're living in a day where if it's not convenient and it doesn't fit my, my schedule. Look, those of you that are here and those of you watching, even taking time out to watch, are moving in the right direction and you feel the pull, the pressure to step out. This is the depth that takes you from interest to investment. I'm not just interested in God anymore. I'm going to make an investment in God. I'm going to make an investment in people. The willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. You may have been told, I don't, I'm not good at anything. I, I'm not gifted at anything. That's a lie. Every one of you has a gift from God. You have something you, you can offer the kingdom something you can offer others, something you can offer God's house. This, this ship doesn't run without you. Can you. Have you ever been on a cruise? Thank God for every crew member, not just the captain driving the ship. I mean, the crew members that are coming in and changing your sheets and washing the towels and scrubbing the deck and cooking the meals, that ship does not work without the crew, and the church will not work without people like you. And trust me, if anything happens to the ship, you don't want to be the captain. He's the one going to jail. You're just a crew member. I don't know why we hit that iceberg. (laughs) 
As the captain, I may not know either, but I'm the one that's going to be penalized. Don't think that this is all glamour up here. You know, this is like, well, he got it made in the shade. He ain't the one out there shaking hands, changing diapers, messing with kids. I've done all that. And there are times I'd rather do that than be up here. I have to look at you. And you're looking back at me. But here's one thing I know. I determined years ago that I had been bought with a price. Jesus paid for me to do what he called me to do, gifted me to do what he called me to do, destined me. The thought of ever not doing this doesn't even exist in my mind. I could never sit and do nothing for God. And if you're not careful, you live your whole life, and when you're on your deathbed, the thing that will haunt you is all the things that you didn't do, not all the things you did do. Because most of the time, we think about all the things we've done, all the wrongs we've done. Rarely do we think about all the things we haven't done, that we should have done, that we could have done, that we would have done. We don't think about those things. What are the things? Just begin to think. What are the things I haven't done that I know I should have done that I could have done? Because at the end of life, I'm not going to be thinking about the things I did wrong because those are in front of me every day. I know what's going to happen. I'll be laying there thinking about all the things I didn't do that I could have done and that I should have done. I should have got up early on Sunday. I should have served. I should have helped out. I should have done something. I was asked, but I, I just too busy. I, I, I work 50 hours a week. Join the human race unless you're under the government income. You don't want me to get me started on this right now. Maxwell, John Maxwell, a leader that I worked with for years, all over the world, training leaders in Cape Town and London, Santiago, Chile, one of the greatest leadership authors I know. He says this, the next levels are rarely achieved alone. If you make it to the top alone, then you didn't climb a very high hill. We were never called to do this thing alone. And I am not going to hide it. At the end of this service, I expect 90% of you to try to step up and say, what can I do to serve at Mosaic? Now, I don't know what, about, what, what he was saying about the other 10%. We're going to tithe you to whatever. <laughs> you be tithed to nothingness, 10%. But here's the deal. Think about this. If I said, okay, I want to ask you, because at servant level, I don't have to ask you. You're asking me, what can I do? And trust me, i got a ton of things for you to do. And I said, well, you know, I'd like for you to serve once a month. I'd like for you to just give Jesus an hour and a half a month. If you say no to that, I'm going to give you the name of several therapists that you need to go see. Because you need help. The, you say, well, you don't understand. I understand that you're like everybody else in this world. You have a life. You have a schedule. You got a job. You got things to do. But 
How many people serving today have the same thing you have, but for some reason they can serve and you can't? I'm not being mean right now. I'm just being pastoral. This is daddy time. The reality is, when's the last time you told somebody about Jesus? When's the last time you said you need to come to church? When's, and But when you say that, it's usually helpful if you come with them. This is that depth check. I make an investment in others. See, you think pastors don't tell one-on-one. Everywhere I go, I talk about Jesus. There are people I talk about Jesus, I don't even want them to come to church. I worked for UPS and I was in college and there was a guy, he was a jerk. We were unloading trucks at 3 in the morning. We got off at 8 and unloading. That's how come all your packages are broke. Ain't nobody happy at 3 a.m. <laughs> you think we delicate? It said the worst thing you can do is put fragile on a box. Because I'm going to tell you right now, guys like me unloading trucks, we're going to see if that sucker was packed right. And I had to sit next to this guy on break who was a total jerk. And every day, God would say, invite him to church. I wasn't a pastor. I was going to college. I attended church on Sunday. I said, God, I don't want to. I don't really care if he goes to hell. He's a jerk. To which I hear God say, you were too. And right now, you're being one too. He said, if you'll ask him, See what happens. Finally, I, I asked him this way. This is the way you don't want to ask somebody to church. Hey, you wouldn't want to go to church with me, would you? <laughs> Feel the strength of that invitation? He said, yeah, I would. And I went, Dad, come it. <laughs> Guy goes to church with me, gets born again. <laughs> that was when I realized God said, you've been playing in the baby pool. Baby pool people don't invite anybody to church. They're just, just glad to be around. Got a little bit of tickle on their feet. A little seeker, a little pleasure. Then you go in knee deep and you start thinking about it. You get to that, that level of squeeze. Well, you know. And I guess I was at that squeeze level where God's going, what are you going to do? But when you get to servant level, you intensely make an investment in other people. See, when you're shaking hands at any of these doors, you're ushering, you're in children's ministry, you're in hospitality, you're helping clean the facility, whatever it is. You're at a servant level. You're investing in other people. You don't, what you don't know is we have, we have guys like Don and Jim and, and other people that come here during the week that straighten chairs and sweep the floors, and, and they're, they're doing things. They're filling chairs, and Browning and Laura filling chair seats, and, and Debbie and so many other people. You don't even know they're here because they're here during the week when nobody else knows, and they're doing it without even being asked. These are people way beyond servant level. They're in over their heads. But they don't have to be asked. They're investing in you. That Sunday mornings, this is about you. It's not about, we, I, you know, guys know me. I'm type A. I like all the chairs straight. Don's worse than I am. So I, when Don says I straighten the chairs, I'm thinking he did it better than I did. So I know it's going to be good. So you may not appreciate straight chairs because you didn't make your bed this morning. Oh, ouch. Don't care if you did or didn't, but here's the reality. 
Somebody cares enough about you that when you come in, you look and go, this is an inviting environment. You make an investment in, in the gifts that God's put in you. This is when you're at a servant level saying, God gave me something and I want to use it. Imagine if you gave somebody a gift a year ago and you came to their house and it hasn't even been unwrapped. How would you feel? I, 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 I made a special trip to Target <laughs> to get that gift. I wrapped it and I gave it to you. I brought it to your house and, and you haven't even opened it? And you're a human, you'd be like all frustrated, like, well, I'll never give you anything again. God's given us gifts, and some of you haven't even opened them yet. You haven't even begun to use the, the gift that God put in you. Now, now, God's not human. He doesn't change his love for you. But let me just tell you, it changes everything about you because you'll never be fulfilled until you open that gift. Is it going to take time? Is it going to take sacrifice? Yes, it is. Is it always going to be something you want to do? No. I don't want to preach every Sunday that I preach. Now, I love preaching, but I, I'm going to tell there are Sundays I go and I look and, and I just go, oh, man, I'm tired. I, I, I got to stand up. I, I've had a tough week. Things didn't go well. didn't go right. Had surgery two weeks ago. It didn't go well. And I'm standing up here today. It wasn't like, oh, boy, I get to come and go. Ee -ee. But I'm here. Why? Because I'm overwhelmed and I'm overcome. And I'm, I, I understand that Jesus, I haven't been crucified yet. I hope I never am. But he was crucified for us. I don't think that was probably his best day. It was our best day. He made an investment in us, in what God sent him to do. He says, this is my gift. I'm the son of God. I'm bringing a gift to earth. I'm going to unwrap it. At this level, you make an investment in his church. This is what I call the current of the call. It becomes woven into the fabric of your being. You no longer ask, is there anything I can do? The current of the call says there's something I must do. This is called the servant level. You're no longer ankle deep and knee deep. You're waist deep and you're compelled now. It's not questioning whether you should serve or not. The question is where you should serve. This is called the purpose level as well. Purpose is not finding the easy way. Purpose is forging the right way. A missionary society wrote to the renowned missionary, and any of you that are older have heard of David Livingstone. A missionary society wrote to the renowned missionary David Livingstone and asked this question. Have you found a good road to where you are? If so, we want to know how to send other men to join you. David Livingstone, this renowned missionary who forged pathways where there were no ways, responded with these words. If you have men who will come only if they know there is a good road, I don't want them. I want men who will come if there is no road at all. See, a lot of people are looking for the easy way. 
What's the simple way? What's the easy way? If you're looking for that, you're going to be greatly disappointed because you were born to forge a way where there was no way. To believe a God that, that said nothing is impossible. I'll be with you in the high floods. I'll be with you in the low valleys. I'll be with you when you walk through the fire. Nothing is impossible. You see, God's not greater if all we do is reverence him. But you are greater when you serve him. At this level is where decision meets destiny. The story of Isaiah in chapter 6 of Isaiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings, with two wings. They covered their faces with two. They covered their feet with two. They were flying. They were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. It was obvious God was in the house. Verse 5, Isaiah's response, not because he was asked, but because he had experienced in that moment the presence of God. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. Here we go. See what I said earlier. He could have said, you know what? God can't use me. I'm a man of unclean lips, and and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from tongs, uh, with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. In other words, he's saying, Isaiah, look, I know all the uncleanliness of the earth and the world and you and the people around you. But I have atoned for the sin. In our case, Jesus didn't atone. He wiped it away. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. Here I am, God, here I am. A man that just moments ago had unclean lips. A man that was in a culture, in an environment of sin. But you touched me. Jesus touched every one of us, whether you feel it or not. We've been touched by the very presence of the Son of God, there will be no excuses in eternity. There will be no excuses ever. I'm too busy. I don't have enough time. I got things I want to do. I got places I want to go. I got people I want to see. I got to sleep in on Sunday. I don't want to, uh, uh, uh. No, here I am, God. I'm committed to you. I'm not just seeking anymore for the pleasure of it all. I'm not just simply feeling squeezed and mad at Pastor Mark for squeezing me. I'll show you. I can withstand your invitation and your squeeze. But once 
you have had one encounter with God that puts you up to here and you begin to feel the current of that call. You will feel compelled to quit asking God, what can you do for me? And start asking God, telling God, what can I do for you? Asking him, what can I do for you? You've already done more for me than I could ever, ever ask. And now what can I do for you? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your patience, for your kindness, for your willingness to gift us. God, I thank you. I thank you that everyone who hears this message would feel compelled to find their place in your kingdom, in your church, in this world. We're all called to go into all the world and tell the greatest story ever told. With every head bowed, every eye closed, it all begins with saying yes to Jesus. Giving your life to him. Stepping in to deeper waters, deeper faith, deeper commitment to be the Christian, the follower of Jesus Christ, not just the person going to heaven, but the person that says, I'm going to pull heaven to earth. I'm going to represent God the best I can with my flaws, my flesh, whatever I have. I'm not letting anything stop me. I want all of you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. And I declare today I am forgiven. I am saved. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Or join us online. God bless you.